Happy Wednesday, family. Welcome to another edition of WWT Live as part of Women's Wrestling Talk. And there's quite a bit to talk about coming out of NXT, some crazy moments, new tag team champions, and yeah, caution, there's a roadblock. We'll tell you all about it and more on the Wednesday edition of WWT Live. What's up, guys? It's your girl, Red Velvet, from straight out of your mama's kitchen, doing what I do best, stirring it up. And you are now watching Women's Wrestling Talk. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. Happy Wednesday, family, and welcome to another edition of WWT Live as part of Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. I am the Professor Gerard Bonner. It's great to have you guys with us. We've got a very full show, and as you can imagine, a lot can happen in 24 hours, let alone 48 hours. So we've got all your updates from the last two days and then some because that's what we do. But thankfully, I am not alone. She does all things SmackDown. She does all kinds of predictions, the honeypot, you name it. She does it. Wrestling with Honey is here. How are you? I'm wide awake. <laughs> wide awake on this lovely Wednesday. Can't, that I, is... I, I don't understand how, how the, the weekend we had happened and then we're going into a new week and more things are happening. It's just now we're nonstop. It's bananas. I'm loving yes. it. Love yes. It. Doing great. Yeah. Very good. This is one of those places that never, ever, ever stops because there's plenty going on. How's your day been? Day been good. A little wonky because it's a little rainy on this side and then okay. over here on the back of the woods and uh, Wi-Fi was acting a little spunky a little earlier and I wasn't really liking it, but I'm, I'm just hoping for the best and praying for the best. It's kind of late now, you know, stop praying <laughs> All's well now. <laughs> we, we have had similar days. I uh, had power outage here. Uh, it's been raining. The Wi-Fi has been weird the last hour or so. So uh, party our, pardon our tardiness, and hopefully all of our Wi-Fi and technology will hold up. But shout out to everybody who's already waiting for us. Cindy O, it's good to see you. Uh, Bobby, good to see you as well. And there's plenty to get into, but it's kind of weird. If you were with us Monday night, we ended with a bit of sad news, which we can dig into a bit more today. And we start off and woke up today to some unfortunate news as uh, the artist who many knew as Virgil, Vincent, Soul Train Jones, uh, Michael Jones, a.k.a. Virgil, passed away uh, at age 61. And here's a guy who made quite the impression on the wrestling world uh, in multiple decades. Certainly the 80s and the 90s have multiple tales of Virgil and his impact uh, on the wrestling world. Uh, honey, what are your thoughts on the, the life and the career of Virgil? It's certainly devastating, you know, especially it's like, He's somebody who was so very well liked and, and for many different reasons. And I remember growing up watching him with my dad and when he was with the Million Dollar Man and things like that. And I was just remember, like, I just remembered this guy named Virgil 
and my dad loved him. He rooted, like any anytime my dad, like he was on the TV, my dad was rooting for him. So I I was rooting for him. But it's so sad. You know, sixty one is still pretty young. Um, it's unfortunate. And he of course he's had a stellar career, even though he hadn't had like a career as most would say is like a goaded career. But a lot of people would consider him an underrated goat, which I think I would. Hmm. But um, prayers and uh, thoughts to his family as well. For sure. Yeah, you know, it's interesting as we look at his career. Uh, before he hit WWE, he was known as Soul Man Jones. And um, then he came over to WWE, or excuse me, Soul Train Jones, not Soul Man Jones, Soul Train Jones. Uh, when he came to <laughs> WWE, uh, that's when he, the world really got to, to figure out at least who he was. And he started off pretty silent as the bodyguard for uh, Ted DiBiase, but it was clear that he was somewhat of the reluctant bodyguard. And uh, as things started to develop, you know, going into the 90s and things, you know, he started to break away. And I think one of the most important people in in Virgil breaking away and being able to stand on his own was Rowdy Roddy Piper. You know, Rowdy Roddy Piper uh, on commentary, you know, making so much noise about Virgil being able to break away and then him ultimately being able to do it. And we would see Virgil go on to uh, fight for and ultimately win, as you can see pictured there, the million dollar championship, which was held by Ted DiBiase. And of course, uh, Virgil would hold on to that title for a short period of time, but he really represented the underdog. And honestly, before you had Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know, standing up to his boss, we had Virgil, who finally got the strength to stand up to his corporate boss being the million dollar man. And that was something that, again, predated Stone Cold. It was the late 80s, early 90s. And it was one of those people and characters that we could really see ourselves in. And I think there's a lot to be said for that. Then he would go over to WCW and join the NWO black and white and be known as Vincent. And again, his role there, while a supporting role, it was very, very important uh, to how that entire function worked. And so uh, one of the unfortunate things is over the last couple of years, his health was declining. He started dealing with dementia. He had a couple of strokes. And that would likely explain why some of his social media behavior had been a little erratic toward the, uh, the end of his life there. But certainly that doesn't take away from what we remember about Virgil, a character that was near and dear to so many hearts. And uh, certainly he will be missed. Our thoughts and prayers to uh, his family and some of the uh, comments in the chat. Bobby says it is sad that we lose Virgil. Cousin Ron, good to see you. He says sleep in paradise, Virgil. Cindy says we're losing them far too young. And, you know, I would agree. Uh, it, one of the unfortunate things about pro wrestlers uh, and the sport of wrestling is it's one of those sports where, unlike basketball, where for the most part, you know, basketball and baseball, you kind of get the opportunity to grow old and, uh, you know, sit on the porch and reminisce and be honored at, uh, you know, cool events, like all-star games and the like. You know, we don't always get that when it comes to uh, pro wrestlers. And so that's uh, an unfortunate space 
for sure. Boza, good to see you. Dementia took him at a very young age of 61. So, you know, it has not been officially released the cause of death. So we're not exactly sure what the cause of death is, but certainly uh, battling with dementia, that is still a young age to deal with dementia. And so that is uh, very, very unfortunate. Joining us, of course, uh, after a very interesting run in Parkerville, which we will get to later in the show for sure, uh said is with us how are you good brother i'm good happy wednesday happy wednesday indeed and and, uh, parkerville indeed uh, mr higginbottom oh, i'm familiar wait. with your game and i saw <laughs> what you did to close out black history month and i and i tip my cap to you sir we are going to get into that uh very very soon for sure uh honey is back with us as uh we kind of alluded to our wi-fi issues our wi-fiing which is uh unfortunate. Uh set I do not my fault this time, by the way. That nope, was that used to be had, a thing. That you had nothing not to fault. do with it. We are not laying any blame at your feet. Uh I am curious though to get your thoughts on uh Virgil and his career. Very good career from his time with Ted DiBiase. I mean, one of the pivotal characters of that kind of late 80s, early 90s that we got to enjoy on our screen. Very untimely passing. It's very sad to hear. Uh, very young as well. Like I, I heard you saying 61 years old. That's not old by any stretch of the imagination. Not old. Uh, it's very sad to hear stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Not old at all. Uh, and I made an interesting uh, comparison uh, before you hopped on that really before we got the arc of Stone Cold and his relationship with Vince McMahon, we got Virgil and the Million Dollar Man where right. Virgil uh, broke away and started really showing us and embodying to many of us, you know, what it's like to work with that boss at that job that you don't like, that you're working because you have to, and the strength that it took to eventually uh, step away from that. So our thoughts and prayers are certainly with the family of uh, Michael Jones, AKA Virgil. Now, as we left the air uh, on Monday, we learned about another passing and that is the passing of Ole Anderson, who is an original member of the Four Horsemen. So let's get into this one uh, and get your thoughts on Ole Anderson. Yeah. So, uh, honey, let's start with you. Your thoughts uh, on Ole Anderson, his contributions, et cetera. I mean, Ole. <laughs> Whatever you'd like I, to say, because that's I, what's going to make this interesting. Yeah, no, I get it, but it's just I don't like I don't like to you know I don't want to get too controversial or anything like that. But it's just I feel like this something like this always happens where they, where there's a couple of wrestlers that pass away. I don't know if it's like an energy thing, but it's like that. There's always those few that pass away close together, and they both are total total losses. In the, in the wrestling world but with with Ole Anderson I, I mean more he's more from my dad's time I don't want to sound too young but my you know what I remember about him and from what my dad had shown me about him it, it was uh he's definitely one of the greats he's definitely part of the horseman isn't he he was one of the yeah. one of the, the originals yes and uh arn anderson's brother as well mm -hmm. you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? so there's there's a lot of um longevity and and like like cody says every day when his song plays wrestling has more than one royal family and i would consider him 
part of one, obviously one of, in one of those royal families. So I, I, I thought very highly of Ole Anderson, but I just didn't you know, watch so much of him because I wasn't around much at that time. But well, that's yeah. that's very fair. <laughs> that is very very fair. Said your thoughts on Ole Anderson? Yeah, before like his primary career, obviously before my time, but just looking at. When I used to look at like old WCW tapes, VHS, yes, I'm that old, uh, and see like the reforming of the four horse, four, four, four horsewomen, the four horsemen in WCW uh, in like the early, late 80s, early 90s when Sting used to be a part of the group and they kicked Sting mm-hmm. out. I, I remember looking at stuff like that and just just the technical aspect of wrestling. Like that, those are the times that made me really fall in love with pro wrestling is those groups, that style of wrestling. Uh, so it's just sad to see. Obviously, twenty years older than Virgil, so yeah, you would hope something like this at eighty-one is of natural causes. But thoughts and prayers go out to the family, anybody affected by the passing as well. Yeah, you, you know, here here's what's so interesting about this, uh, and it and it kind of really digs into uh, some things that we have uh, addressed here on this show in times past. This is where we get into the controversial nature of, of wrestling. Um, and, and then here's what I mean by that. Ole Anderson um, historically has been a rather polarizing figure. And so based on your experiences, interactions, understanding of Ole Anderson, you can have multiple opinions. So I think Ole Anderson is well-respected for being one of the original four horsemen um, and ushering in that era uh, of the faction, that era of elite, that era of, you know, really being the cut above. Because if you don't have uh, an Ole Anderson and the four horsemen, a lot of what we see in pro wrestling today doesn't happen. Uh, the other side of Ole Anderson is Ole Anderson has been, um, he has been, uh, touted for not necessarily being favorable to, um, to elements of diversity. Uh, in addition, he has gone on record, uh, and, and I literally just saw this video a couple of days ago as, uh, one Paul Heyman recounts a story of desiring to work with a guy by the name of Mark Calloway and Ole Anderson sat in a room with Paul Heyman and Mark Calloway and says that Mark Calloway could not draw a dime. Mark Calloway would go on to be known as the undertaker and prove Ole Anderson incredibly wrong. So that I forgot about that. Movie. Yeah, yeah. So the 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 internet wrestling community, for all that the internet wrestling community can do, um, it's understood why there has been a mixed reaction about uh, the passing of Ole Anderson. Now, with that said, obviously we do not besmirch anyone's memory, but however people live their lives is how they live their lives. And I do think it's interesting that one would argue that Ole Anderson, uh, quote unquote, may have had a better, and, and those who can't see me, can hear me, air quotes, may have had a better career than Virgil. But I think that in general, people seem to have received Virgil and his career uh, better than Ole Anderson. In any event, uh, certainly our thoughts and prayers are certainly with the family and friends 
of Ole Anderson, of Virgil as well. Um, yeah, yeah. So we move from that to uh, some much brighter news. Last night on NXT, uh, again, another two hours of riveting television that was punctuated by a moment that seemingly shocked the whole wrestling world. My phone kept going off. In fact, I was away from my telephone and, uh, and from the television, rather. And I think, honey, I saw your tweet in our group chat and I immediately said, I'm shutting this down. I don't want any spoilers. Uh, and so what happened for those who missed it, if you missed it, this is going to be a spoiler, a shocking surprise uh, debut on NXT last night as the chairman showed up. That chairman being Sean Spears. And uh, it was a shocker for a couple of reasons. He came in and um, he hit Ridge Holland with a chair. And what's so interesting about this is, of course, while he was originally in NXT, and you guys are putting the 10 up, he was the perfect 10, Ty Dillinger. But he has not returned as Ty Dillinger. He has returned as Sean Spears, uh, who was known, of course, as the chairman in NXT. Before we get to any of the other happenings in NXT last night, what were your thoughts when you saw or heard about this moment? Honey, we'll start with you. I just remember, I remember, I remember immediately after it happened. Well, one, all right, one of, one of the two things, two things happened after. When I started seeing on the screen the words that we've been, you know, uh, hinted at for weeks now about somebody coming or somebody returning or something like that. Mm -hmm. I immediately called my husband in the room and I was like, get in here, get in here. I don't know what this is. Something's about to happen. He comes yeah. in and you see Rich Holland get hit. And as soon as he took his hood off, I screamed and scared the ish out of my husband. Like my husband jumped. <laughs> so I screamed because I was in such shock, but I was, and I was just, extremely elated because it was something that I was not expecting that got me up um, off my toes. Like yeah. now I have to be on the lookout for everything with you guys. Like I just don't uh, like, it was just an impeccable shock factor. And I was, I was actually very pleasantly happy to see Sean Spears, but it was like, what, this isn't, this isn't perfect 10 Sean Spears. I knew that instantly. I'm like, right. this is not the same. Ty Dillinger, we're not getting, Ty Dillinger is no longer a factor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was just extremely happy to see him. I was like, I, I, that was something I did not see at all because there was no leak, no nothing. And I believe the exact words I said in the chat, I said, please tell me you guys are watching NXT. And I couldn't mm -hmm. say anything. I just put my phone down. <laughs> Incredible. Said, man, what did you think about this? I like this, you know, and it, and it speaks volumes to when we're starting to see more people go back across the street. And we mm -hmm. talked about this with, with Lexus King, Brian mm -hmm. Pillman Jr., where you have the presentation, the different types of storytelling behind your character. I am a Ty Dillinger fan. Yeah. Ty Dillinger, when he was in NXT first run, that's probably one of my favorite Royal Rumble surprises. Easily oh, yes. top five. Mm -hmm. So... The fact that he didn't really get a lot of his just due on the main and then kind of change his or change his look uh, for uh, lack of better words and went to uh, AEW and then tried to really 
ingratiate this chairman character with the audience that was around like early days of AEW and then of course uh to the newer stages he's I don't think people realize how good of a wrestler Sean Spears is. I, and yeah. I think now we'll be able to finally see that on display because this character is something that I think was his own yes. uh, that he created in AEW. So getting away from the Ty Dillinger gimmick, being able to show case this, uh, I guess his baby, that is this chairman gimmick with greater presentation is going to be amazing. People forget that Sean Spears and uh, Tyler Breeze run a pro wrestling school, Flatbacks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he's teaching this generation as well how to do this craft, but now we get to see his craft with better presentation, which yeah. I think it wasn't always the case in AEW, even though he was constantly involved in storylines. Selfishly, I wish we would get some Ty Dillinger references in here, but I think at the very least, like his character will have staying power now, uh, whether it be on NXT or Raw or SmackDown. Yeah, yeah. I think the boss lady is hanging out from parts unknown, uh, looking for a run in in Parkerville, which we will get to. We will get to. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, Bobby saying it's awesome to see the chairman Sean Spears back. Uh, Sean Spears came back. He certainly did. Boza says it was a nice surprise. Uh, wished NXT would have followed up on this right now and not 20 minutes later. So I think to that particular point, I think that actually made it more interesting that they didn't immediately say anything about it. It was almost like a, did you see that? Are you sure we saw that? They made a veiled reference to it, but then they were kind of stuck having to, you know, focus on the next match and things. And then later on, of course, he came through and said a couple of things that he had to say, which I thought was uh, pretty awesome. Uh, this is kind of the natural question that I've been seeing a lot of people ask. I'm interested to see if we see Peyton Royce come back to the WWE and be with Sean Spears. Uh, I don't think that that's out of the question. You know, uh, now. Like, do you mean like a valet? Are we dismissing? No, I, I, no, I, I. I'm talking about I, Bobby's question. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm. I am I am thinking that Bobby and Bobby obviously can speak for himself, but I'm I'm thinking he may be saying, will she come back to the company as and and be with Sean Spears as in like travel on the road with him as opposed to be character next to him. So we'll see. Uh, Boza says it's crazy that he's keeping his AEW character like Jade Cargill, who's keeping her AEW presentation. Here's the cool thing about both Jade and Sean Spears. And that's First why all, it, it's like I, I want to say that's like elite hating, it, but it's like I'm gonna take what you did over there and do it better and show you how to do it better. <laughs> well, and and here's here's kind of the neat thing that rolls with this. I think most wrestling companies, if they were able to take whatever the person presented previously and continue with that, they would, for obvious reasons. That's how people know you. Um, What's interesting to me is this happened with Cody. This is happening with Jade. It's happening with Sean. There are a couple of things that are happening. A, obviously, when you use your real name, that makes things easy on one end. But it also makes me wonder, what is AEW doing in terms of locking in their intellectual property? Because that's the real issue. If you don't have any sort of trademark on this intellectual property or this gimmick, then I can take it anywhere. Can't stop me from doing it if you've not locked it in. 
So it seems pretty clear to me either that they didn't lock that in or this is so loosey-goosey, not airtight, that you can take it and do whatever you need to with it. What's interesting for Sean Spears in this case is, to me, what's even more interesting here is he gets to come back as somebody that he never was in WWE. Yes. Cody at, originally was Cody before he became Stardust. Mm-hmm. Jade, of course, had never been in the WWE. I need to go back and see if there's been a case where somebody leaves WWE with one name and comes back and not embrace their old name, but go with their new name. Like it didn't happen with Trinity, which we just saw a month ago. She came back as Naomi. So this is interesting to me. Like, and, And maybe somebody can search this out while we're here to see if there is somebody who used to be in WWE left the company, worked at a different company under a different name, and then came back to WWE under their non-WWE name. I'm very interested in that. Uh, Cousin Ron is happy for Spears, as we all are. People are excited for... People excited for Alexis King, career jobber. I don't understand that. So maybe you can help me uh, with that. I think he's just trying to compare apples and oranges uh, with Sean Spears, which I disagree because presentation matters. And I think we've seen that with Alexis King. He's been kind of given a green light to really explore this character and not just be uh, junior. Right. Which is going to help him out a lot. Kudos to like keeping this under wraps. I remember we were looking at this dating back to uh, was it Vengeance Day? Uh, The last NXT PLE. We were mm-hmm. trying to figure out what those words mean, the, that cryptic message. And a lot of people thought it was um, Okada. People were saying right. like Okada and stuff like that. So keeping this kind of airtight and not mm-hmm. leaking or anything like that, genuine yeah. surprises in wrestling are what make fans happy. Absolutely. You don't have to see it on social media hours before. Like nobody saw this coming. Yeah. I'm going to need more of this. I, I need more of this. I want mm-hmm. more of this. There's a few in AEW that I feel got lost in the shuffle in WWE that need that that need to run it back. And yeah, I, I, this was this is one of them. So JD has a good one. He says Scott Hall. Uh, well, there's count? actually a few of them that are are running around in here. Uh, I see Kevin Nash's name, which he came to WWE as Diesel, right. uh, and then came back as Kevin Nash, which is cool. Hulk Hogan, uh, no. No, Hulk Hogan. He came to WWE as Hulk Hogan. Um, let's see. JD, yeah, Kevin Nash, Samoa Joe. Uh, no. Uh, Scott Hall is a possibility because he came to WWE as Razor Ramon. That's right. So that's pretty cool. That's a that's a good one. But then Um, they but they came back as Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. Right. They did. You know what? I can actually argue that Razor and Diesel were bigger stars. Than yeah, Hall and Nash, this, yeah, I can I can argue that. Hmm. Now that'd be an interesting argument because I think the NWO deal for Nash and Hall were was way bigger than Diesel and Razor. I think Diesel and Razor got him to that. But think about it: them as Nash and Hall and the NWO is what made WCW literally jump to number one. It right. was the kind of thing that put WCW in mainstream conversation 
uh, where they were not there before. So I think that that's interesting. Uh, let's see. A lot of interesting comments in here. Jeffrey Reimer, I am so hmm. with you on one of those comments. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm going to get to that. Brian Pillman as uh, Alexis King or Alexis King has been better presented than he was in AEW. I don't think he, AEW knew how to use him after Julia Hart left the Varsity Blondes. I would agree. Alexis King is greater than Brian Pillman Jr. Uh, I, I want to pose a question to you guys. Uh, bring back Malachi Black, a.k.a. Alistair Black. Uh, but the question is, who should he come back as, Malachi or Alistair? Alistair. Interesting. I like, I, I like the brand creation of Malachi Black, though. I, I like the presentation, everything they're doing. I think the issue is, where do you place him? Like, there's the whole uproar that people started seeing that he wasn't working singles matches. And I think don't, I don't think we ever really found out why. I think he wrestled yeah. one maybe a Saturday ago. Um, but if you if you can take those three and you have this House of Black thing with WWE presentation, so to speak, and you gave it like, for lack of better words, the Wyatt family treatment, you could really do something with that for Absolutely. a while. One hundred percent. I just the presentation is good as is, but I just think his first name should still be Alistair if he comes back because I love I love no no don't, don't just go run it back. <laughs> well, 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 here's what's even more interesting. The idea of Andrade a couple of weeks ago, and they did a, a oh, whole thing on him, one. and then it came Andrade El Idolo. And it's like, oh, are we going Are we going with this? Like, that would be, that'd be really, really cool. That's another uh, one keeping the same persona as AEW, because he was uh, Andrade Cien Almas. Uh, that's correct. He was correct. Andrade Cien Almas, but then he, in his song... It, it would say El Idolo. So he kind of mm -hmm. always took that with him. In his NXT song, that's what it would be. But that now it's in, now now it's in grave. So, and Professor, so Bobby, you might be on to something about them starting to write this in their contracts to lock this stuff up because mm -hmm. another one, and I'm just looking at Cody's friends. Yes. <laughs> and yes. a mm -hmm. real hot one would be Starks. If they uh, lose listen, that. <laughs> listen, Starks is going to come over all the way and it's going to be a thing. It's going to be a thing. So, uh, yeah, this was a really cool moment last night um, in NXT, and it was big. Another really cool moment in NXT last night was the main event that saw Charlie Dempsey walk away as the new NXT Heritage Cup champion, defeating Noam Dar, which I thought was just downright incredible. Uh, what do you guys think of this particular moment uh, and I'll start with you first, Seth. I think that's good because I, I feel like whatever I, I now realize what you're talking about with all the catch group names because I didn't realize that that was there, <laughs> what they were going by. But mm. to get Dempsey, Dempsey get his moment. Dempsey is a real throwback wrestler, and it felt like this Heritage Cup. And I'm not really here for it. I've, I've been vocal about that. It's just here to be a replacement for what's no longer here, which is cruiserweight title. But to put it on somebody who can kind of wrestle that style, the suspense of the Her uh, Heritage Cup matches, and kind of just be, for lack of better words, a bruiserweight in this division is needed. I don't feel – I feel like this cup was almost holding metaphor back, especially when we're seeing this – I feel like – sorry, I feel like this is an era where Lash Legend is going to be the one to break out of this group. So I feel like that group needs more face time uh, – on screen and other avenues and just trot, trotting this cup around. I think this will help uh, Gulak. It'll help Kemp. 
And for for example, for Dempsey, and we know Regal's backstage now, right? We can start seeing his character flesh out way more because he's been around for a minute. He's just been mm -hmm. backstage. Yeah, yeah. I think this is going to get interesting. Uh, honey, your thoughts on Dempsey as the new Heritage Cup champion? I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Anything to get no Amdar out of my way, please. And, and honestly, <laughs> I am a fan of this faction. I personally mm -hmm. am a fan of this faction. I hope they keep this going for a little bit. And uh, real catchy name. No pun intended. <laughs> and uh, I, I love this for Dempsey. And I think it uh, gives him a lot of credibility. He's definitely something to watch out for. I think this is also the route that they were, they're giving him with what they, I guess they were trying to do with a, uh, with like how they had Gulak, you know, raise up a couple of young youngsters under him. I think that was what they were trying to do with uh, Timothy Thatcher a while back. Ah, okay. You know, so I kind of see him as that kind of a ground and pound technical wrestler too, and he's he's a legit man's man wrestler. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, and with William Regal in the back, obviously we're gonna. I'm sure we're gonna see a lot more work from this youngster, and I love it. We're a, how many years removed from it? Because you, you brought up a good point with Gulak bringing up the young generation. You remember when we, we kept getting those vignettes with Daniel Bryan working out with Drew Gulak? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like they were each other's coach and we got it like a kind of like Gulak was seen as this like technician specialist that can kind of get Bryan his groove back. He took yeah. that and ran, he took that and ran with it, and and, and now he's he's bringing it on onto the next generation. Honestly, I'm glad he kept that for himself because obviously he would be in this position and, and look at you know look at where it's going it's in a good direction because obviously because honestly drew gulak looks good they look good together on paper like when you see them on screen they look great i'm like why do i really like this faction and i feel like i haven't seen them enough like they it's only because it's only getting started and this is just the beginning because this is a big win for dempsey so what could be said for the rest of the group i still miss the powerpoint presentations personally <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty awesome uh lots of comments about uh dempsey winning uh boza says i think people will start to care about the cup now that charlie has it interesting because i liked it with no way i'm having it i did I, I i it really grew on me uh the whole metaphor deal like i i was a big fan and still a big fan of of what they're doing uh jeffrey says i didn't see charlie dempsey winning it definitely came as a as a cool surprise which i thought was cool uh boza says honey i agree with everything you're saying i was curious who'd be picked to face noam not surprised it was charlie he made a name in heritage cup matches he certainly did over in nxt uk and of course mdb is shocked that someone's a fan of the no quarter catch crew well hey you know Golly, it's kind of a cool thing <laughs> yeah it is it is it is it is <laughs> So a couple of other things uh, that happened last night. Uh, oh, yeah. Since we mentioned metaphor, we have to talk about uh, Jakara Jackson. And my apologies, because I should have had a Jakara graphic on here. Just I didn't want it to be too NXT heavy, though it already is. Uh, Jakara <laughs> Jackson had her uh, singles solo debut match on NXT last night uh, against... Uh oh, Lord, her Roxanne name Perez. Me. That's her, Roxanne Perez, and I thought it was a really great showing, uh, for Jakara Jackson. And then as well as we found out earlier in the day, uh, Jada Parker found her way onto our screens in a match against Gigi Dolan, where uh Jada Parker they obviously referenced the uh, World Star piece 
and uh, she walked away with a big win. Uh, what did you guys think of uh, both Jada Parker, uh, her win, as well as the performance of uh, the fourth member. I shouldn't call her the fourth member of Metaphor. I mean, that's kind of unfair, but we haven't seen a lot of Jakara Jackson in action. So what were your thoughts on uh, both of those matches? I knew going into Gigi and Jada Parker's match that it was going to be an ugly, nasty little beatdown for both of them because they're both really feisty. And I love, yeah. I love my ladies and my cat fights. Mm -hmm. So that was a pretty that was a pretty good one in the books for me. Um, for Jada Parker to walk away with the win, I was like, "Okay, I see you, sis. Okay, mm -hmm. I'm, uh, let's see more. Let I want to see more. Give me more, yeah. Miss Parkerville. I'll take it. I, I, I might make a trip." <laughs> but um, I love Gigi though. I don't want to discredit Gigi because mm -hmm. Gigi's going places as well. Um, Jade, uh, as far as Jakara and uh, Roxanne. I'm I'm really loving this new Roxanne that's developing. Yeah, it's giving me very Sasha mixed with Sasha Banks mixed with uh, a, a Zelina Vega, but but with some feistiness and youngness of. She also has a little bit. I don't know why, but like Cora Jade and her, I feel like they were like they could have been related in some way. Like mm. like you know what I mean? If you add a little bit of the young generation with it. Roxanne, Roxanne Perez, she's definitely, definitely going to be somebody who's going to make an impact, especially in this division going forward. She's, I, don't, I don't really see her moving up anytime soon. I don't want her to. I want her to make her name in NXT to continue that. Um, Jakara, I feel like my girl needs a little bit more work. I want, I, they, they, I want more opportunities for her to shine. Um, I feel like there's that when she's in the ring, she's thinking a lot and she just needs to break out more. I don't know if it's just me because I could just read body language and me being a dancer or former dancer and dance teacher. But it's just one of those things that you see energetically that it kind of she was afraid to break out a little bit, but she was trying, you know, but if they give her more opportunities and more one on ones, I'm sure she's going to go go far with it. But I think she just needs a little bit more. work. OK. Said your thoughts as you had a chance to finally visit Parkerville. <laughs> you know, I thought um, it was a good match. I, I'm a little curious of what the trajectory is now because, I mean, the match was set up in Ava's office because uh, Parker wanted to know about her future, while Gigi already wanted to know about her future as well. And I, I'm going to just be honest. I think Gigi needs JC. Whatever happens with that mean girl faction – I think it should end with Gigi crawling back to JC. Mm -hmm. Somehow, some way, get the Mean Girls thing going again, reunite Toxic Attraction. They're better together than apart. But not, and also, like JC was obviously the breakout star of the group of all three. Mm -hmm. um, with Roxanne, it's we've been teasing this call up for so long, and I'm surprised we just haven't gotten there yet. I gotta feel like Stand and Deliver is her swan song. However, it goes, mm -hmm. I think it's a little premature to put her back in the title picture when you have Lyra and a lot of other things going. And now another uh, treasure chest of challengers just waiting to go. So I don't know what's going on with angry Roxanne. I'm getting kind of maybe psycho Mickey James vibes is where it might mm. be going into, but mm -hmm. I just, I, I just don't buy it. I just don't buy it. I don't know what you, I, I like that. She's doing subs now. I think that's yeah. cool. I just don't see where it goes. 
And if it goes into a heel turn, maybe that gives her more staying power on main, or maybe they're just trying to protect her, her character by not putting her on main right now. And also, I got you, MD. Uh, Kiana James did pick up a win over Kalani Jordan, which is surprising because Kalani should be racking up wins now. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I love Kalani Jordan. I think she's. I, should, I think she's bomb. She's. They, they, they. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't see it for Kiana James. Me personally. There are so oh, many like comments a, in here. Kiana James is like a who? Damn it! Not a Ted DiBiase. She's. Why I can't even think of it. Her like character arc. You don't see that. I I I could see Dibiase esque. I could see that. That I could see. I could see that. Uh, let's see. The NXT roster has depth and a great chance to improve. Well, it's, it's a well to comment on that comment, Eddie James. It's about to because we also have uh, an unexpected tag team visit coming from the Kabuki Warriors. Well, let's get to that because we found that out last night that uh, NXT Roadblock is next week. And uh, as part of that, it's somewhat of a surprise. We've got a tag team title match as the Kabuki Warriors will defend against the NXT Women's Champion Lyra Valkyria and her best friend, or I don't know what we call her, Tatum Paxley. And so I know someone asked us to talk about this. I saw the comment. I can't remember who said it. So forgive me. Oh, there it is, Bobby. Uh, so now you're going to get our thoughts on this. What do you guys make of this? Uh, yeah. What do, what do you make of this? Because I think I have an idea where this could go, but I'm intrigued to see what, what you guys think. Honey, what, do you, what are your thoughts on this tag team title match, which was seemingly announced out of the blue? Obviously, this is a little uh, tactic by the clever Lyra Valkyria to get Tatum Paxley out of her way and off of her back about the championship, because you know that would be coming very soon, if not after this match when it happens. Um, that's just my opinion. Uh, this uh, I, is this this what the third or fourth time Kabuki Warriors has has come into to. I don't know if they've come into NXT before, but I, I feel like I remember them doing it once or tw twice. In the past. Right? Yeah, it's it's been a while. Uh, Asuka was last in NXT uh, a few months back. Against Roxanne. Ran right? the match against, against Roxanne. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. But, so uh, I, I, I think this is this is just another thing to keep NXT must see. And I'm you best believe I'm going to watch it. Um, and uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm intrigued to see what happens with Lyra Valkyrie and Tatum Paxley and how they maneuver because you know you know it's coming. It's just there in plain sight. And Tatum Paxley, how long is it going to be before she becomes truly unhinged and lets loose on Lyra Valkyria? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Said your thoughts on this uh, upcoming tag title match. I just have so much thankfulness in my heart that the women's tag team titles are now traveling to all three brands again. That's first yes. and foremost. Yeah, we should have never stopped that in the beginning with yes. adding NXT women's tag titles. They should mm -hmm. always travel to all three brands. It gives everybody exposure. It allows matches like this to happen, and hopefully, matches in the future against Lash, Jakara, and other tags on the brand. Mm -hmm. And also, this is um, it's a good little stopgap. It keeps the Kabuki Warriors off the radar from SmackDown for a bit, defending the titles and keeps that damage control storyline around. Who knows? Maybe Bailey shows up to uh, NXT as well. But also, I don't really feel like we have 
a next challenger up for Lyra in this title reign. So I feel like this title reign has kind of gotten a little since since winning it off Becky, which is like a, a huge high. I feel like we're trying to find the perfect challengers for her that just haven't really emerged yet, like her ultimate rival. So this is helpful in that regard. But um, Oscar ain't never lost in NXT. Correct. So I expect this to be a complete bludgeoning, yeah. if anything, and Tatum's taking the pick. Yeah, you know, I, I'm expecting – I'm ex- th- there are two – outliers here that are interesting to me on one hand i do expect somehow roxanne to end up in this women's title picture by stand and deliver and it could be the swan song but the other thing that i think is interesting is this tatum paxley issue uh i don't think she is strong enough right now as a competitor to take on uh lira for the championship But I do think that somehow, either in this match or immediately following this match, she's going to do something very dastardly to Lyra. And that is going to move this into this separation and this brutal match that could potentially happen. Now, what I'm trying to figure out is, does Roxanne end up in this match for Stand and Deliver? Does this turn into Lyra versus Tatum? At stand and deliver, is it a three-way? I don't want to see it as a three-way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know how this is going to go. And honestly, not being able to predict it is what we like about this sport and what we like about the way things are looking right now. So this is going to be quite interesting. And again, there's a lot of uh, talk in the chat, and I like the fact that there is so much talk in the chat. Oh, let's go to this because this is a really good comment here from Jeffrey. Tatum is giving me the same vibes of Killer Kelly and TNA. I agree. Mm. I agree. That's a great observation. Uh, Bobby says it's awesome that this match is happening. Bosa says, imagine if Bailey shows up in NXT to get her revenge on the Warriors. Now, if that happens, we got a situation on our hands. I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility, um, but wow. Uh, MD- MDB says they're still about to break beat the brakes off of Bailey on Friday. Dakota is a snake. Uh, that is a match that's happening on Friday. Which is <laughs> interesting. Um, I wonder if Lyra was supposed to drop the Shotzi last week, but she was injured. Nah, I don't nah. think she was supposed to drop it. No way. Nah. No. That, that was more so trying to get some shine back on Shotzi because she was a yeah. really big deal in NXT. Yeah, she was. She, she was. was. I felt her. I enjoyed her time in NXT. And uh, Lyra, <laughs> from the way they built up Lyra, it's too soon for her to lose the belt. Yeah. I had a question for you guys. Have we not seen Blair Davenport since her match against Lyra? We have uh, not. That's we true. have not. It'll be interesting to see uh, what happens with that. Uh, we learned a few other things about Roadblock, uh, that there will be a men's tag title match as the Wolf Dogs will take on Chase U. Uh, we also know that there will be an asylum match as Di- Dijak versus Joe Gacy. I don't know what an asylum match is, but I'm sure this is going to be nuts. So it's something you won't want to miss. And then this was kind of an interesting swerve because I thought that we were going to end up getting Ilya Dragunov and Mello for the championship at Roadblock with Trick Williams clearly interfering. And that leads us to Trick and Mello. Now we get a number one contenders match between uh, the Don of NXT and Mello. And this gets interesting. 
It's very interesting. Um, and we could see all kinds of things coming out of this one. Uh, something tells me Roadblock is going to give us some moments next week. So uh, this is a look at that card for next week. Obviously, we'll be talking about it more. And obviously, this time next week, we'll have plenty to talk about uh, connected to that. Now, in other news, and I'm really excited about this one, leaving the WWE for a hot second, let's go over to the NWA. Now, for one, if you don't know, you can check out NWA Power, new episodes air weekly on Tuesdays on the CW app. So remember, there was a bit of, controversy about when will the will the nwa end up on the cw did nxt completely kick them off no there actually are two different brands of wrestling that'll be hanging on cw at least for the foreseeable future nxt's not there yet but the nwa is and it's on the cw app and congratulations goes out to the king bees who defeated pretty empowered yesterday to become the new NWA World Women's Tag Team Champions, Charity King, Danny B. Very excited for them. And they were just with us at Ashe Saturday night in a great tag team match as well. So I'm curious your thoughts on uh, these new tag team champions, the King Bees winning the NWA Women's Tag Team Championship. Seth, your thoughts. I think it's great. I mean, they ended a pretty strong title reign of the previous champions, I believe 185 days. So good to see new blood in the division. Good to see a great match happen as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Honey? Congrats to the King Bees. <laughs> and I like their name. <laughs> yeah, they are They are a great young tag team uh, trained by NWA World Championship legend Jazz. Um, and these two young ladies put in work. They had a great match at Ashe over the weekend against Jocelyn Navarro and Rache Chanel, and it was it was amazing. It was amazing. So I'm very, very proud of these young ladies. Uh, again, the NWA World Tag Team Champions, and you can, of course, watch that match and several others uh, from the NWA on the CW app. So uh, it's definitely worth checking out for moments like this and several others. So really excited uh, to see this. Pretty Empowered was a really tough tag team uh, to be able to defeat. And so very happy for them and happy to see where things will go uh, in the women's division there in the NWA. Now then, we went from one surprise earlier to what may or may not end up being a surprise as some of the big news that dropped over the last couple of days. Tama Tonga, uh, who, of course, was part of the Gorillas of Destiny and part of the Bullet Club, the original Bullet Club over in New Japan Pro Wrestling. It is being rumored that he is headed to the WWE. Some even thought that, you know, all of these promos that we saw was for him. Obviously, it was not. It was for Sean Spears. But here's the question. Should Tamatanga head to the WWE? If so, where? And does this piece of news, I'm asking three questions, I'm sorry. And does this piece of news at all dampen your excitement about the potential of him showing up in WWE? Oh, no, it doesn't dampen it at all. Because, I mean, I think a lot of people uh, read into this WWE bound stuff and assume that it's going to be a part of the Bloodline saga. But it doesn't necessarily have to be that. We mm -hmm. are seeing NXT really thrive a lot lately it could be nxt and we we have to keep reminding people that 
we're in 2024 now. We're in Q1. By Q4, they're going to be on the CW. They're going to need some names to really carry that brand. And this can be a pivotal name for them to do so. Mm -hmm. Now, could he join the Bloodline saga? Yeah, I see fan theories online right now about the whole maybe The Rock is creating his own Bloodline versus Roman's Bloodline. I don't know what inning we're in, as Paul would claim, but Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a little far-fetched. I don't think we're getting into a whole Marvel Cinematic Universe with the Bloodline thing here. So I think this is another big signing for the company, if anything. It's too mm-hmm. it's it, it's too easy. I, I agree with you, Seth. It's too easy on that factor. I think it's too obvious. I think a part to for for a lot of people remember, as uh, Professor mentioned, he's part of the Bullet Club, a pivotal part of the Bullet Club. Mm-hmm. Who's to say this won't have to do with maybe the Good Brothers being in NXT? Who's to say this won't have to do with AJ Styles? Maybe they turn into a tag team. Who knows? Or he uh, gets involved with Jay Uso. Or he gets involved with Judgment Day, with Finn Balor. There's so many ways that this could go. And at this point, it's too, it's too soon to speculate. We just heard that the guy is on his way to WWE. Let's let him get there. Let's see, what, let's see how they present it, where they present it. You know, it's hard to speculate being that there's so much chaos going on in wrestling right now. Where for the last, I feel like since the New Year started, it's been nothing but nonstop action talking points everything so i mean i think this is just another great talking point as well and kudos to kudos to tamatanga because I, I believe this is something that has been a uh, been a while coming you know so um yeah i'm interested extremely interested and there are lots of thoughts here in the chat about uh tamatanga's potential appearance in wwe boza was saying he thought those promos uh, that were for sean spears or for okada uh, Tamatanga, he thinks he may they may reu- he may reunite with Gallows and Anderson, uh, which is a prevailing thought uh, with several others. He could go to NXT, indeed he could. Uh, Jeffrey thinks he could go with the Good Brothers, which certainly could make sense. Uh, there could be an argument creative wise between Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. He will fit anywhere. I agree, uh, and that's a good problem to have. You know, yeah. you can fit anywhere. Uh, that is certainly. A good, good thing. All right. So what we know about tonight for sure, amid all of the other speculation about everything, is that tonight is the final night for Sting on AEW Dynamite. And uh, ahead of oh, that, great. that the match is tonight. No, no, no. The, tonight's his final Dynamite. Oh, okay. And okay. the retirement match is this Sunday uh, at um, Revolution. And ahead of this, Darby Allen wrote a really powerful piece in the Players' Tribune, um, you know, just talking about his experience in time with Sting. And he has so much respect for Sting. And there's a lot that he says in this. Um, and this is amazing. So if you guys get a chance to check it out. Uh, but let me ask you this, which I think is interesting. You know, the last three years sting has been a part of aew and he has been connected at the hip uh with darby allen i guess my last or my question today about this is should sting's last match be a tag team match and if so should it actually be against the young bucks or is there another tag team he should face so yes should it be a tag team match and if so who should they face if not the Young Bucks? 
Mm. That's well, that's the thing. I don't think it should be a tag team match. I yeah. think Sting should have been able to put on like one classic singles match just by nature of him. If you're trying to protect him, I get it, but he's been doing all these death defying stunts and these tag matches anyway. So I don't right. think that's the right. reason. But like one one thing that I, and I just skimmed through uh, the Players' Rune article, one thing Darby stood, said that stood out to me is that he did something that um, a lot of people can't say, not like a you still got it kind of way, but he reclaimed what was his, yeah. you know, being able to go out on his own terms. A lot of people were pretty critical of that WWE run. So it's kind of like he wanted to show the business, like, I can still go, mm-hmm. but that I'm going because I want to. Like, right. I want to do these stunts. I want to work with this talent. And really, like you said, he's been attached at the hip with, Darby this entire time. And it's really and Darby was already a popular character. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. He's already very popular at AEW. So I just feel like for staying, I don't know what superstar that would be that he should go out against in a singles for a tag. I I guess F- FTR is an obvious answer, but you would want somebody with some type of history with him mm-hmm. uh since he debuted. So I just I don't know. Yeah. Funny your thoughts. If I, I, there's, there's a couple of things I would have liked with Sting. Um, I definitely would have liked his final match to be singles match, but I don't, not like him with Darby. You know, every, everything that I've seen, a lot of the reasons why I put the TV on for EW was because of Sting and Darby. They were one of the many reasons, you know, and uh, for some reason I feel like. Even ever since Sting got to AEW, I feel like it was everything was on his terms. And so we as much as everybody talked about it and speculated about it, it's not like it mattered because you respect the legacy and the legend that is Sting, no matter what he does. You know what I mean? It's like where your opinion is your opinion, but whatever you think about it, at at the end of the day, you're going to respect what this man is about to do and what he's doing at his age Mm -hmm. still and on his own terms. There's a lot of integrity in that. And um, Sting, uh, he he is one of those smart wrestlers that knows when to hang it up. And as far as how I would have liked it to go or to end, um, I feel like they could have done something really, really crazy with him and Malachi Black for some reason Mm. being his final match Mm. Um, or even him versus Darby himself. Um, I feel like that would have given a very big uh, liking to how Sean and Ric Flair had their match. You know what I mean? Like from from childhood hero to ending your your career with me. And you know what I mean? Like that that's pretty deep. There's a lot to be said in that. Um, if it was a if there was a tag team, I, I don't I don't really know. I would have liked a singles match, but. Either way, this match is going to end the way Sting agreed to. And Sting wants it this way because this is how he's been since he got to AEW. And no matter what, he's still, whatever happens, he's doing it the way he wants to and he's putting talent over. And that's what his legacy in this run especially was really all about. It's about giving them that extra oomph and that extra push for that work. And I'm sure Darby, Darby's been a sponge for his brain ever since they've been together. I can't even imagine, you know? So 
sad to see the vigilante leave, but it's time to hang the boots up, man. And it, and it, and he's had a great one on both sides, WWE and AEW, WCW, wherever. And he's ending it on TNT as well. So it's mm-hmm. legendary. I'm going to plant me- my flag and say Eddie Kingston should have been the singles. Oh. As far as somebody that could have helped push the storyline and emote and give you those moments in the ring that mm. really captivate, like, this is Sting, like, mm. Eddie Kingston should have been the one. Wow. Wow. That's very interesting. Because um, in my head, I, I feel like Darby Allen should have been the opponent. Um, I feel like Sting versus Darby Allen, you know, and it didn't have to be this mean breakup. It's kind of okay for the final test is to see what you have learned in our three years working together, you know, um, and let that be the match. Um, And I think that could have been incredible. There's no great interviews needed for that. I mean, the story tells itself. Um, Emotional as hell. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I mean, you literally could almost have a 2024 version of the, you know, Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair moment. I'm sorry. I love you. Here's the coffin drop. And that's it. You know, like that would have been, that would have been crazy. You know, yeah, it it just, it just would have been wild. So we'll see. And, and so the other question that I wanted to ask, which I guess, uh, Oh, yeah, we have one more thing. The other question that I wanted to ask was, so we've seen a lot of very interesting booking decisions made in AEW. And again, as I mentioned the other day, Sting is undefeated in AEW. And they've chronicled that Sting and Darby Allen as a tag team are undefeated in AEW. Here's the question. Sting's final match. Does Sting leave as a world tag team champion or does he suffer? His first loss in his last match. That's gonna if, if if he doesn't go out victorious, that's gonna end to the Bucks at that. That's gonna anger so many people. So and, may, and maybe you want that type of heel heat with the personas they have right now, but it's like don't don't do that to a legend because I I would still shocked when you guys told me that he was undefeated i didn't know that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i didn't know that either and that's what makes this so hard such a hard question to answer because it's like this is sting (laughs) and Mm -hmm. it's Allen. but for some reason now that we're talking about it and i know the bucks are on a really big heel run right now i think i'm I, i can't with these guys sometimes but darby for some reason, why, why why wouldn't this be neither? Why couldn't this be neither a loss or a crowning? What if something causes a a rift in between their tag team and Darby turns on his partner and Sting that way? What if they shock us with something like that? I'm oh, just boy. saying. <laughs> you now, don't Darby's know where last they- match. Please don't do that. Darby would be so hated. Piss people off more than him taking the belts from the young bucks. That, that I don't, I don't think that's the right type of hate though. That's Mm going to be like, that's like turn the TV off hate. I'm Mm -hmm. not, 
Exactly. And that's, and I'm not saying that I'm an advocate for it, but I'm just saying that it could leave room for a swerve or it leaves room for something else to come in. I don't know, but it's like, how do you pin, how do you pin this guy? How, like, how do you, it's, how do you end him on his last match? This is a, this is, this is an interesting one. Cousin Ron says, I think it's an awful idea for the Bucks to go over. And I agree. Like there's a, this is what's hard for me in this scenario. The level of respect that has been shown to Sting in this run has been well-deserved. And I think that AEW, for all of the criticism that they have gotten, you know, over the last couple of years, I think how they've handled Sting is one of the things that they've done right. Yes. Um, it's one of the things that they've done well. I feel like this, if Sting loses his final match to the EVPs of this company. I think it creates the narrative that, you know, nobody wanted to acknowledge, you know, it creates this narrative that I think is not a good narrative about AEW. Um, I just feel like, and somebody mentioned it earlier in, in one of the chats a couple of days ago, here's a scenario where, you know, they retire as, or he retires as champions. And then you either decide to do a championship tournament or you let Darby choose his new tag team partner and they continue to carry on the tag titles. Uh, I, I just feel like if, if Sting had a career in AEW where he'd at least lost one match, then if he were to lose this, it wouldn't be as bad. But right. you mean to tell me he's going to go three years and not lose, and then get to this. Because here's the other thing I'm thinking. Historically, how does AEW like to send people home? On these pay-per-views, they usually send them home with a pretty solid moment. Now, obviously, during M MJF's heel title run, you know, we got some kind of crazy moments. But then they turn that, to a, you know, kind of a relative sort of feel good kind of thing. I just think they haven't had a moment like this before. Mm -hmm. They've not had a legend choose to retire in their company before yeah. and host and host the match. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't, I don't see this might be a wild uh, assertion here, but I don't see Sting and Darby Allen losing this match. I think there are too many reasons for them to win. If you're talking goodwill, if you're talking because again, there's no rematch. There's there's no opportunity to do this again. Yeah. After this, that's it. After this, that's it. So I think I think they have to come out on top. That that's just maybe I'm crazy. And give credit to cousin Ron. He's the one who made the statement. And so uh, I, I think a tournament would be the way to go. Jeffrey says, I agree. The EVPs don't need another title to their name. Do you MVP. guys think Sting pulls a flare in a couple of years and is like, I'm going to wrestle nope. another match? Nope. No. I think I think Sting, for one, is a man who likes to make his word his bond. And I think I think th I think this this was his comeback. 
because remember at the at the Hall of Fame induction is where he said he was formally announcing his attire his retirement. But then he just said, also said, you know, never say never. You just never know. Um, and I think AEW has been that you never know moment. Mm -hmm. But I think he has resolved that he's good, you know, and it, it hits differently when when you make the decision as opposed to when somebody's making the decision for you. And it feels like Sting is is good with this decision. How crazy is it that the two legends of two legends in, in wrestling that that have been loyal to, to loyal loyal to a T and to a standard and have been one of the greatest legends to talk about never meet but they both retired the way that they want. I think that's a lovely thing. It is it is absolutely a great thing to be able to go out on your own terms. And so that probably should have been how we ended the show. So I apologize to all who would organize a show like this, but we'll end it on this <laughs> note. Uh, Cause this should have been how we ended this. So I, I take the L on that one, but we will end with the note about this season pass for WWE's 2k 24. Just when it feels like they couldn't add anything else to this game. We have an original version. We have the deluxe edition. We have the 40 years of WrestleMania edition. And now you can get the season pass, which has all of these amazing people on your screen. For those who can't see, add it to the game in the season pass. Diamond Dallas Page, Kyrie Sane, Post Malone, the Dudley Boys, <sighs> Pat McAfee, Lex Luger, Mr. Perfect, Carlito, Jade Cargill, and CM Punk. What are your thoughts, guys, on this season pass? They just want to keep taking all my money. Just take all my <laughs> money, damn it. Lord have mercy. I mean, it can, uh, this, this game is shaping up to be a really good game, but I'm just saying, like, there's, there's been many times where the hype has been all around the passes and the packages that you get, but the gameplay is there's, or there's something wrong with it or something. So I'm really trying not, I'm trying not to, 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 I'm trying to be uh, a little bit more productive with my, my coins. I might just get that WrestleMania 40 version and that's it. Call it a day. <laughs> that's fair. But that's I love fair. it. But I love it. I mean, it's really cool how far these games have come. Yeah. I think the most exciting thing about wrestling video games is usually the roster. So we've seen them actually expand this roster a few times with downloadable content. I know Punk was on social media, I guess, complaining that he wasn't in the game maybe it was all a work and here he is right now i don't know who or why i would ever want to play as post malone as a wrestler in a video game but that's <laughs> that's the gravity that you get with what they're doing with 2k24 they just have all these obscene things they're throwing in the game i think it's dope that we're uh given some levity in this version of the game like lex luger um mr perfect i think that's always fun where you can blend eras and kind of make those dream matches on your screen i think a lot of time and i'm not a big gamer like that anymore but a lot of time you see people go and create the player themselves like with the mods and then everybody can download it and it's almost just like the game developers did it but it seems yeah. like with 2k24 they're giving you everything as an option up front which is mm -hmm. good mm-hmm yeah, it's a, this I, is a very deep roster. <laughs> extremely deep. Over 200 players, which is incredible. Um, and to think, Jade Cargill has still not had a one-on-one -on -one match in WWE, and she is in WWE 2K24. 
Like we love that. to see it. To her quote on Twitter, she quoted Nicki Minaj and said, 50K for a verse, no album out. Yeah, that's what she said. That's what she said. Well done. Well done. So exciting times for sure. Should be a very emotional episode of uh, Dynamite tonight. So we will see. Uh, do we know what Jade is ranked? Not yet, but I'm sure at some point those particular rankings uh, will come out. And uh, when it does, we'll make sure we come back to you guys with that. Uh, I did not check. I should have checked, and maybe I will. Um, while I'm checking on this one piece of information, uh, honey, how can the people uh, find you on these social streets? They can find me here Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays with WWT. Um, they can also find me on Wrestling With Honey on Instagram, TikTok, and uh, YouTube, and then also Facebook, Wrestling W Honey. And again, here Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Awesome sauce. Said, how can they find you, sir? You can find me in the streets of Parkerville, Vice City, and other... Uh, <laughs> places that i will not name but you can also stop by me here on wwt uh throughout the week i do write for this platform as well I do write for dailyddt.com also my socials are said says like it says on the screen right there and says the answer check out my journalism work on my website cedricdwelton.com uh i'm actually glad i checked this out so that people would be aware uh for anybody who is interested in that season pass that we just mentioned uh it is important to know that these characters are showing up at different times. So uh, the first downloadable content pack is the ECW Punk Pack, and that'll be available on May the 15th. That features CM Punk, the Dudleys, the Sandman, Terry Funk, uh, and then there is an ECW Paul Heyman manager card. That's going to be kind of cool. June the 26th, DLC 2 will be Post Malone and Friends Pack. That'll feature, this is interesting, Post Malone, Sensational Sherry, Mosh and Thrasher of the Headbangers, the Honky Tonk Man, and uh, Jimmy Hart as manager. July the 24th will be the Pat McAfee Pack, and that'll have uh, Pat McAfee along with some playable co-hosts and some co-host manager cards. And then the Global Superstars Pack will hit on September the 20th. So, yeah, you got to hold on tight for this one. That's when you'll see Jay Cargill. You'll also see Nia Jax, Michelle McCool, Carlito, Kyrie Sane, Lyra Valkyria, and Dragon Lee. And the last pack is coming on November the 13th. It's the WCW Pack featuring Diamond Dallas Page, the Iron Sheik, Mr. Perfect, Lex Luger and the great Muta. So the season pass is going to be amazing. And uh, that's how you guys can check it out. I wonder when this retirement actually happens, if they will make a sting rendition in this game. It's possible. I think it's very possible. I think it's very, very possible. So uh, we'll definitely check that out. Said you did tell the people how they can reach out to you. Correct. I did. Very good. You guys can find me at Bonnerfied on all the socials. You can check out my commentary work uh, with whew, Southern Honor and IWE. That's all available on IWTV. You can check out my work with All Caribbean Wrestling and Southern Honor Wrestling on their respective, excuse me, huh, 
the Nightmare Factory and All Caribbean Wrestling on their YouTube pages. Uh, you can also check out my work with Turnbuckle Championship Wrestling. Follow them on the socials. And then uh, the work I'm doing with Ashe as an on-air talent is just so much fun. Uh, the replay for that show is available right now at AsheWrestling.com. You'll get to see me in a hosting capacity doing some cool things, including introducing a certain general manager and a certain world champion. So I'm really excited about uh, that type of thing. You guys can check that out uh, and order again that replay at AsheWrestling.com. Uh, make sure you're checking all things WW Talk Pod available on socials, at our website, all the places, all the things. Yeah, it's just a great, great time. So shout out to all of you. What a great day in the chat today. Uh, Matt and Cousin Ron and Jeffrey and Cindy and Eric and Boza, and MDB. And I know I'm missing some people, Bobby and Eric. And uh, yeah, just all the people doing all the things. You are greatly appreciated. And uh, we'll be back here on Friday. Uh, no telling what will happen, but I'm sure we'll be previewing uh, The Rock showing up to SmackDown this Friday. Uh, sold out there in Glendale, Arizona. All of the things with all of the people. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. Until next time. Yeah, right? The one, the one, the one, the one. <laughs> we are Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. <laughs> Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet.